Hey everybody, he's Jason. This is our mascot teaser. I'm Chucky. We're at the STN Mobile Studio at Sunset Station for the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. It's good to be back, Jay. No, a great uh, week of football and basketball and hockey. And, well, let's uh... slow down. Football <laughs> was pretty good, but basketball and hockey, not so much. First football, uh, pro football. I mean, this is the third straight week that I have to say, you know, it's a, it's a naughty four-letter word for the betters. It was J-E-T-S, then it was J-A-G-S, and this past weekend it was W-A-S-H, the Washington football team. I guess it's six letters, but, you know, Washington. The, the monster upset over Tampa Bay, obviously coming off the bye week, and Washington was the uh, worst team in pro football uh, against the against spread. Against the spread, right. I think a 1-7 and seven number against the spread, so uh, a big win there. And it was another one uh, earlier in the week on Thursday with the Dolphins um, knocking off the Ravens, which was another absolutely just a... Uh, you know, uh, a huge upset that uh, was uh, not good for the betters um, with that shocking loss uh, for the Ravens. Yeah, there was a couple of upsets last week, though. It just goes to show you, I think, in, in pro football. I know we'll talk about this week's games, but expect the unexpected. I mean, every week, I mean, Arizona's come crashing down, although we know Murray's been injured. Uh, the Rams, they just look human now. I mean, that team was such a good team. They lose Robert Woods. They sign OBJ, and they just looked out of sync. I mean, it doesn't look like the same Matt Stafford. Um, Tampa, as you talked about, lost. In the AFC, the Bills have kind of stubbed their toe a little bit, although they're playing better now. Uh, the Ravens lose, as you alluded to. Uh, Kansas City, who was in last place in the AFC West three weeks ago, now looks like maybe the second best team in the AFC. And, you know, unfortunately for us Bear fans, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers look awfully good in the NFC. Well, it's, it's a, it's a bounce-back week-to-week league, and, and you talk about um, these teams that are stubbing their toes, and I think one of the things that's really interesting is talking about specifically the, the really good football teams, the teams that are at the top of the conferences that are losing these shocking games and how they bounce back, and uh, you made, paid attention to the, the Buffalo Bills who had that uh, bad loss, who then come back and absolutely destroy the Jets, uh, really didn't allow them in the game. Um, it's the Jets. The Cowboys. Um, have a shocking loss right. to the Denver Broncos. They bounced back th- back this week with uh, uh, you know uh, blowing up the Atlanta Falcons, who were coming in you know playing pretty good football. Um, Kansas City hadn't been playing well, get an opportunity to play and, and uh, beat up the Raiders. Um, so those good teams are finding their way back, and I think it's very very interesting. You bring up the Bears Ravens game because um, we talk about a, a team that we expect to be at the top of the conference, potentially one of the teams that are going to be representing the AFC uh, potentially in the Super Bowl would be that. Raven team with a really, really bad loss against the Dolphins, and now they come back this week against the Bears. So, will they have that bounce back game? Well, you know, it's a copycat league, and I know we talked about it when the Ravens lost um, to the Dolphins a week ago tonight. And the big piece of that game, or the big takeaway, is that the Dolphins blitzed Lamar Jackson more than any game he's ever been involved in. Does Matt Nagy and the Bears, do they, did they watch that? Are they going to employ that same strategy? You know, hopefully Khalil Mack plays. We don't know for sure he's going to play, but I think if you could have Mack and Quinn and you're blitzing a lot, maybe they have some of the same success. I think Justin Fields, even though they lost that game to the Steelers, for me, that was his best game that he played prior to the Bears going on by. So we'll see what happens, but I suspect we're going to be Bears fans when that game kicks on Sunday. Yeah, and like you said, Sunday was a was a, a good game, good day for the books. Um, Saturday, not particularly good from the college uh, standpoint. We kind of um, had a, a so-so day. Good, betters did good on some games. We did good on other games. But what has not been good for us this weekend was, was NBA and, and NHL. 
NHL, hockey. Um, NHL specifically, um, go through back to the weekend on Saturday um, in the NHL. Favorites were 12 and one. On Sunday, favorites were seven and zero, and on Monday, favorites were two and zero. So the NHL weekend, favorites went twenty one and one, and then in the NBA on Monday, Monday. night, uh, NBA favorites went ten and one. So um, lots of cash, lots and, of cash. And tickets. what did we say Monday? <laughs> Thank God for the 49ers. right? Yeah, if the Rams would have come in with the combination right. of what happened in the uh, in the NHL and NBA that day, it would have been a very, very bad day. But uh, NBA has been uh, clicking along. One of the things that I uh, think I mentioned last week on bookends has continued to be a, a trend to, to follow another week of the NBA with games staying under. Um, still, the N- NBA unders are still hitting at a 61.6% clip on the under. So if you're uh, just blindly betting the unders, you're cashing more tickets. than I think everybody got so spoiled, as we kind of talked about last year, you know, without fans that all those games were going over it was not that it was a lack of intensity but I think maybe a lack of defensive intensity that teams just didn't get those momentum swings get the crowds behind them it was more open style playground you saw a lot more overs but you're absolutely right this is an ongoing trend right now in the NBA so underbetters are doing pretty well um we're gonna look at you know college football and uh you know I know that you know we've talked about it and you know can, can a team like Cincinnati or Michigan or Notre Dame maybe kind of sneak into that um, college football playoff? Uh, Georgia is playing a, you know. Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern, so we're not going to really touch on them, the number one team in the country. But there are some good games this week. You've got uh, Michigan uh, State against Ohio State, um, Arkansas against Alabama, uh, Oregon against Utah, which I think is a huge game because you're talking about Oregon being the number three team in the country. And they're an underdog to Utah this week. A field goal underdog, Cincy and SMU, Michigan, Maryland, and then Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. What really stands out to you about kind of this week as we're getting closer and closer to the committee having to make some of these tough decisions? Well, the committee should let the handicappers determine Absolutely. who's, who's, I know uh, who our top who's ranked are. in the country because we, we've said it for several weeks. Um, you know, Oregon went and pulled that uh, big upset at Ohio State as a two-touchdown underdog, and that's kind of led them to where they are in the ranking standpoint. But from a handicapping standpoint, from a power rating standpoint, standpoint obviously Oregon goes to Utah as a three-point underdog so you question as how they're still number three in the country when you see you know the rest of these top teams in the country are you know almost three touchdown favorites against their opponents and um, this is this is the don't you think even if they win ugly somehow and but Ohio State wins out that that win becomes even more impressive to the committee for Oregon uh, I don't know. There's something that's impressing the committee right now as a number three in Oregon, and I don't know how you're going to leapfrog Ohio State over Oregon with the fact that they have an outright win, right. Oregon, on the road at Ohio State. Now, again, Ohio State is going to play number seven Michigan State this week. And so, that was without Thibodeau that yeah, they won that game, it, it's, too. It's going to be a, an impressive win for Ohio State if they can pull this off. And Ohio State's got a, a, a heck of a road still oh, to right. get through to manage. They still have to play Michigan and then most likely going to be probably playing a Wisconsin team in a, in a Big Ten championship. So Ohio State's uh, got the path that's going to get them there. Right. And the you know the the thing that we Michigan talk about... Michigan State, Michigan is like you said either Iowa or Wisconsin in the in the championship yeah, game. The, 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 the real interesting thing here for me is the Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game. Um, you know, we think that Georgia's somewhere in that three, three and a half. You could even maybe make an argument from a, from a four uh, going into that game. I think that the, the most common number we've seen out there is Georgia minus three. Right. But if these teams play in the SEC championship as the number one and number two teams in the country, somebody loses that game. How far do they fall? Right. If Georgia beats Alabama, does that push Alabama to the four well, or further down if below? If Georgia does beat Alabama, 
Alabama now has two losses. They lost to Texas A&M earlier in the year, and they would have lost to Georgia. There's been no team that has been in the college football playoff with two losses. We know it's Bama, and those two losses, you know, one would have been in the SEC championship game against Georgia, but could they even fall out of the top four? I would be surprised. I, think I would, too. The, 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 the thing that I don't want to see is them drop all the way to the number four, and then we get to see Georgia right. and Alabama right. again, and then somebody else in the championship game. Um, or Alabama wins that SEC championship game. Now where does Georgia fall? How far right. do they go? Do they go all the way to four? Which I think in that scenario, Georgia probably just falls to a two or a three, um, and Alabama would leapfrog to the one. Um, so again, I think it, it's what the committee's mindset is: is you know, do they want them well, to play again? Also, maybe in the championship game. It's also who's game. sitting in the right. three-four right. spot. I mean, if Ohio State runs the table, and then if Cincinnati or Notre Dame or somebody else can find their way up in there, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to see Cincinnati um, sneak above a. If Cincinnati gets in, they're going to be four. I I, I can't see another scenario where they get above four if they get in. Um, Let's get a little ahead of ourselves, though. Say it is Georgia, and and say Georgia does beat um, Alabama, and we talked about that game could be in the three to four range. Um, Georgia playing the Buckeyes in the national championship game. The Buckeyes, uh, you know, went out. I think they're somewhere in the maybe six and a half to seven range against Ohio State. But after that, I'm not sure all the other teams we've mentioned, if it's Michigan, if it's Wisconsin, um, if it's Cincinnati, if it's Notre Dame, I think they're close to two touchdown favorites against everybody else. Well, that's you setting those numbers now. But again, we've watched a Wisconsin team in particular that really struggled to score on offense. And now over the last three or four much weeks, better. Uh, Mertz has been much, much better. And so as we see these games, as we see an SEC championship game and a Big Ten championship game, these teams and the makeup of these teams start to change. And then you start to look at bowl games and championship history of what do these two teams do when they have three weeks off and a month to prepare for games, uh, you know, starts to come down to the coaching staff and what goes on with these players. And unfortunately, you know, for all of us, we watch these bowl games and teams take two and three weeks off and we're scrambling as we see players ruled ineligible or doing something crazy um, that uh, takes some of the players out of these games. So it makes it a, a fun time of year yep. for us as we get ready for these bowls and for the uh, championship run. Yeah, we were t- talking about all the different scenarios before we came on the air today and just looking at maybe even putting a bunch of different scenarios up of teams that could potentially meet in the national championship. Uh, so look for those in, in the next week or so. Uh, we'll be looking to put those on the board and, of course, uh, on the STN Sports app. Uh, we've kind of touched on college, some of the other sports last week. We're going to come back in our second 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 segment and uh, dive into pro football this week. We'll be right back on Bookends. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Hey, everybody. We're back for our second segment of uh, Sports Betting Podcast Bookends. Let's dive right into tonight's game, Uh, the New England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons. New England, 76% of the tickets are on the Patriots. For me, I hate to say it, but they're the biggest surprise to me in all football right now. Um, They're winning with the same ingredient that they did with Tom Brady. Brady didn't have to throw for 400 yards every game. They ran the ball well. They played really good defense, and they could win on the road. Guess what? They're undefeated on the road this year. They run the ball. It doesn't matter. Harris, Stevenson, Bolden, they have success. They play really good defense, and their young quarterback, Mac Jones, of the five rookies that went, he's probably the best one in the league right now. So they're a really good team. They're 6-4. and four. They're sneaking up on everybody, and they have two games left with the Buffalo Bills. One, week 13, Monday Night Football, in Buffalo, 
that could set the stage for the AFC East. Yeah, and you could see the way they're playing has, has led them to be a, a touchdown favorite at Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta coming off a, a terrible loss to the Cowboys last week. Um, they also are going to lose uh, Cordell Patterson. Calvin Ridley's been they out. They say game-time decision, but it looks yeah. like he's out and with, Ridley with his, would be out, of course. Uh, you know, Rid- Ridley out with the, the mental the mental issues. So Atlanta seems to be reeling after after putting a couple of good games together. Um, this is a, a big spot for New England, though. Um, finally starting to get the respect. I think that we, you know, the, the Patriots weren't getting the respect out of the league, and now they're not going to sneak sneak up on anybody. Mac Jones has been absolutely amazing, but you said it, that running game has been good, and really doesn't matter who's been running the football. Right. Um, all, anybody that they throw in there has been but great. But that was always the case. Even when Brady was the quarterback, they played really good defense. You couldn't really name their wide receivers outside of Randy Moss when he had the, the short couple of years there. You had the underneath guys, and Edelman and, and Welker and guys like that. They're doing the same thing now. It doesn't matter if it's if it's um, Aguilar, if it's Jacoby Myers. Um, it's all all these guys underneath, two good tight ends when they're both healthy in Smith and Henry. It's it's hoodie football. It's Belichick football. And, uh, you know, I think they're a sneaky good team right now. But you're right. It's kind of a big test for them on the road. Yeah, and, and again, one of the things that they do best is cover tight ends. They don't see tight ends uh, doing a lot of damage against the Patriots. And that's really the weapon that the Falcons have in Kyle Pitts um, with the fact that their um, outside receivers um, are gone in the running back committee. So um, the, the things that the Falcons want to do and get that ball to Pitts um, is one of the things the Patriots stop best. Yep, so we'll see. But, again, 76% of the tickets on the Patriots, a win here, and they continue to be undefeated on the road. We're going to look at Buffalo and the Colts. Uh, Buffalo, 62% of the tickets are on the Bills. As you alluded to earlier, um, they just demolished the Jets last week. This is probably outside of the Titans game that the Bills lost to a few weeks ago. Over the last five or six weeks, this is the only team that is, you know, is 500 or better that they've played. Um, The Colts are one of the top five running teams in the league. Um, I think for them to win this game on Sunday, they're going to have to run the ball and run it a lot and be successful running it. So it's not just Taylor. I think it's Najee Himes as well. You have to keep the ball out of Buffalo's hands. 62% of the tickets are on the Bills. Yeah, and I think even more importantly is Carson Wentz not turning the football over. The games that the Colts have struggled in, he's had some really horrific turnovers that have have essentially cost them the game. And it was good to see the Bills kind of get back uh, into the Stephon Diggs uh, mode of, of moving the football. Um, they haven't really been able to run the football. Um, Diggs has been obviously in every game, but last game right. against the Jets, he he made a, a bigger point to get him the football. And um, the other thing to watch in Buffalo is the development of Matt Brieda. Uh, we've seen Singletary and Moss out of that backfield, and Brieda, if you remember, um, former 49er. I think he was down in Miami for a little bit. Um, but if he's able to be healthy, he adds another dynamic piece to that Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting with Buffalo because I've kind of soured on them a little bit. And, you know, I heard somebody mention, you look at New England, look who they've beaten. They haven't beaten anybody. Well, guess what? Either really has Buffalo. They've got one of the easier schedules in the league. Um, now we're going to jump to one of the interesting games for me. It's it's Carolina and Washington, a certain number one is Superman, <laughs> is back at quarterback for Carolina. A lot of success last week. He played really well in that game. You know, he's the first quarterback ever on his first play, rushing touchdown, on his first pass, passing touchdown. Go figure. He stepped right in. He's getting the, the start against Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. Yeah, they brought him in with two plays at the goal line, so he had a lot of Still, he was, you know. P.J. Walker did the rest of the work, right. and Cam came in to uh, steal, the, steal the goal line stuff, but you talked about it. This is, a, you know, the storyline for this game of, of 
of uh, Cam getting to go back up against Ron Rivera and um, Washington obviously coming off uh, the monster win over Tampa. So uh, a big win for them, a big win for Carolina. Uh, but yeah, Cam's going to be the, the story of this game and uh, what he can do kind of in a full-time mode. And obviously McCaffrey's back. They've got DJ Moore. They've got Robbie Anderson. So um, Carolina definitely has the weapons um, surrounding Cam Newton, and they started off absolutely fantastic. I think they were 3-0 and 4-0. And then uh, Sam Darnold kind of really just really struggled. A lot of bad turnovers, a lot of uh, just incompletions and bad throws. And so if the Carolina can find some quarterback play, they could find themselves back in things. Well, you know, this really isn't a short-term thing for them. They signed Cam for the rest of the year. They signed him for three times the amount of what New England gave him last year. I think he signed for 1.5 in New England, and he's 4.5 with uh, incentives up to $10 million. Cam could be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers next year. I mean, this could be something that is kind of a resurgence for him. You know, we saw him when he scored the touchdown. I'm back. He got a 15-yard penalty, which is another story. But, um, you know, they're looking for him to be the quarterback. As you mentioned, talented wideouts and Anderson and Moore, McCaffrey back, a young emerging defense. They need that quarterback. Sam Darnold, even when healthy, didn't play a lot, didn't play well this year. So Cam might be the guy back in Carolina again. We'll see. I mean, again, we saw him in that in that short term. It's been, been a while. We'll see what it looks like um, as he goes a full game here. Uh, now, Baltimore Ravens and Chicago Bears. We touched on it a little bit. Baltimore played a week ago um, on Thursday Night Football. They really were never in that game against Miami. Again, Miami blitzed them more than, than any team in the league did. They really looked out of sorts that night. They get beat. They go into their bye, or they have the extra time off. They're playing the Bears, who come off their bye in a game that we thought they probably should have won against the Steelers, where they were out of it, came way back. The refs didn't help them at all. Again, for me, that was Justin Fields' best game of the year. He really looked well. Uh, he, he found Allen Robinson, uh, Darnell Mooney. You've got Montgomery back at running back. Big game for both these teams, but 71% of the tickets are on Baltimore. Harbaugh's awfully good coming off uh, yeah. the extra time off. Well, 71 tickets on Baltimore. Obviously, they um, aren't remembering how they played last they are Thursday not. night uh, there. But again, I, I uh, to me, this is a it's a pure motivation game. Um, the Ravens, who we who we really consider one of the top teams in the AFC, coming off a, a, an absolutely embarrassing loss. Um, you normally don't see Harbaugh coach teams and a, and a good team like this get embarrassed and then have another clunker. So right. I expect Baltimore's best effort here and um, for the Bears to cover that six. And it's actually gone down. I think um, Lamar's had a little bit of an illness during the week here. Um, fully expect him to play, but the number has come down a little bit on the Bears. Um, Bears could use a little snow and, and wind coming off Lake Michigan to maybe help them a little bit. But in this I, game. I think that this is, again, a Baltimore. Uh, spot where they're just looking to be motivated to come off of the embarrassing Dolphin loss. Right Before we jump into the afternoon games and, and the primetime games, this next game, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about so many teams in the league, and there's one team we really didn't touch on that much, and that's really the one constant and that's the Tennessee Titans, who it doesn't matter who they play, they keep winning. Even when you come off big wins against the Rams, the, the Chiefs, the Bills, beating the Colts twice, maybe a little bit of a letdown last week against the Saints. Saints got the backdoor cover for us, but still they, they still won. I mean, they're still winning these games, and if they could be the number one seed in the AFC, maybe, just maybe, they get Derrick Henry back. And the largest ticket count for any game in the league, it's on Tennessee. 85% of the tickets well, are you, on the Titans. You talk about earning that number one seed. They've got the easiest road. I think they've still played the Texans. Easiest schedule in the league. Yeah, they played the Texans twice. I think they've just still got the Jaguars on that schedule. So um, they've got the path to get them to that number one seed. And strangely enough, we you know Derrick Henry could come back if they were to somehow get deep in the playoffs and his uh, injury heals up well. 
they could get him back would be that a huge number lift. one seed is paramount for them. But that that defense, who was not very good at the beginning of the year, has really been fantastic in this hot run. Um, and Tannehill's managed the game, and whether it's Jones or Brown or whoever they got coming out of that backfield, we're going to get to see Peterson and Foreman right. and McNichols. Um, the Tennessee Titans are going to be there when we talk about the AFC. Right. I mean, we could we could talk about every game on the board and spend you know three hours going through them. I know we we enjoy it so much, but we're going to come back for our last segment on bookends. We're going to go through the primetime games, some of the afternoon games, and then Jay and Mai's uh, favorite segment, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be right back on bookends. Locals, here's how easy it is to start betting on games with the STN Sports app. They have sign-up locations across Las Vegas, so no matter where you are, you're less than five minutes away from getting started. They have convenient withdrawal and deposit options, so you can access your money at any time, even from the comfort of home. And once you're in, you're in. You can bet on all major sports even as the action is happening with a huge in-play wagering menu. So download the STN Sports app today. Get started betting with a local favorite for over 40 years. Hey everybody, we're back for our final segment of bookends. We're going to touch on some of the afternoon games, the primetime games, and again, our favorite segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. One of the best games of the week, NFC North, Packers-Vikings. I know we talked about the Packers right now. They might be the best team in the NFC. Although Rodgers hasn't looked great, defensively they are stout. I mean, they can run the ball. We know Aaron Jones is beat up, but Dylan has looked great. Um, but that defense has played really good. They're a little bit banged up at wideout. Um, they play Minnesota here um, on the road. They're a road favorite. Minnesota comes off that big win in L.A. against the Chargers. 75% of the tickets are on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and, th- and they deservedly so. I mean, coming off Shutting out Seattle. Obviously, we saw some rust there for Russell Wilson. I hate talking positively about the Packers, Jay. Um, you know, they <laughs> really they, do. They go to Arizona. They win the game. They go to uh, Kansas City, where they end up losing. But that was the game that Rodgers didn't play, and um, so to be able to. Uh, get this spot here with a defense that's playing better. He talked about um, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a little bit of an illness coming back there if those guys come back from COVID. But Minnesota is one of those teams that can steal games. We saw them take big lead on the Ravens and end up blowing it. They go to L.A. and able to win the game. And that's a result of Dalvin Cook. Right. You know, when you have a running back like that, that you can control the clock and and have that running game going, um, you can go and win games. Now, they haven't had a whole lot of luck or, or, or success against the Packers, but by no doubt, Minnesota can go right. steal a game here. You're right. They're probably the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team in the league. They should have beaten Arizona. Arizona got all that early hype about being the last undefeated team, but they should have lost, I think it was week four or week five. Minnesota missed a 38-yard field goal that would have won that game for them. And you're right, they, they could have beaten the Ravens. They win that game against the Cardinals as well. We're talking about a Viking team that's one of the top teams in the league right now. So I think they're a good team as well. Packers are a small road favorite. I do think this game might get to three, though, in favor of Green Bay. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they sharp guys jumping on Minnesota. And again, at home, that's a place that they normally protect well. Um, Jefferson is really starting to develop. He was uh, absent from that offense at the beginning of the season. Cousins is really looking downfield for him. Thielen and the the development of the tight end in Conklin, um, who around the end zone has been a a big weapon for um, Cousins as well. Conklin's been really good. Again, if Cousins, uh, much like Carson Wentz, if Cousins is able to control the clock, not have bad turnovers, uh, both interceptions and or fumbles, uh, Minnesota should be in this game. Uh, Now we're going to look at Cincinnati Bengals and our Las Vegas Raiders. Um, This is the second week in a row, that first time we've seen it all year, that ticket counts are against the Raiders. It could change by kickoff on Sunday, but 52% of the tickets right now are on the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a Raider team that just got demolished by the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. They were never in that game. I know we talked about it a little bit, all the off-field distractions. 
at some point, it just kind of maybe caught up with the Raiders a little bit. Um, they need to right the ship. They're still in it. I mean, they're still with with the three wild card teams. They're not in a bad spot. They're only a game behind the Chiefs, but they need really need to right the kind of ship here because the last two weeks, this hasn't been the same Raider team we saw the previous four weeks. Yeah, and again, bad penalties, bad turnovers, um, just just in general sloppy play. And again, you had a, a motivated Chiefs team that hadn't looked like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs that we know, whether it's Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill. And they put on the show against the Raiders. They did. Travis Kelsey is, continues to own the Raiders um, and did again. Um, this is a spot that's, uh, you know, you talk about Cincinnati coming to Las Vegas and being a road favorite after some of the bad losses they had they with a loss to the Jets and then getting beat up by the Browns. But I think that what Kansas City kind of exposed last week is stuff that, Higgins and Chase and Boyd and and the tight end with Joe Burrow can absolutely exploit um, and, and and the fact that Cincinnati's coming off their bye week and one of the other angles to kind of look at here um, when you start handicapping this week's pro games is next week is Thanksgiving and strangely enough those teams that play on Thanksgiving Day for some reason struggle the week before um, almost like it's a, a look they, they and anticipation know it's a short work week, that right? we're, we're playing on Thanksgiving Day next week um, and, and Raiders are one of those teams as the Raiders will head to Dallas uh, next week, next Thursday afternoon um, so again, one of those look ahead, look ahead spots for the Raiders and if they can't get a win here, um, that's not going to be uh, a fun visit to Dallas as uh, Dallas has uh, normally uh, put up some big numbers on Thanksgiving Day and is already a 7 point uh, favorite uh, over a touch down favorite against the uh, against the Raiders. You know, you touch on a great point, though. I mean, we already have the three Turkey Day games up in pro football. So either if you're in one of our sports books or on the SDN Sports app, Bears Lions early game, as Jay touched on, Raiders Cowboys, and then the night game, which is a really really good game. It's the Buffalo Bills at the New Orleans Saints. And they're honoring Drew Brees that night. So a little motivation for the Saints that night as they honor Drew Brees. And it's kind of Drew Brees night. That's a really good game. And again, those games are up now. They've been up for a few for a few days. So if you're kind of looking ahead at the Turkey Day games, those are all up for pro football right now. Um, Arizona-Seattle. Um, you know, Seattle's in a must-win situation. They got Russ back last week. Shut out for the first time in his career. Arizona's been playing without Kyler Murray. They've kind of come back down to earth a little bit with a few losses. 63% of the tickets are on the Arizona Cardinals. We've seen this number start to tick up a little bit, and Murray's back at practice. Not so sure about Hopkins, but if Murray plays, I think this game goes to at least three or higher, um, and it's uh, kind of a must-win for both teams right now. Strange to say that about Arizona, but much bigger for Seattle, who kind of does have a favorable schedule down the stretch, but at home here, they really need a win. Well, if you look at that kind of round-robin uh, <laughs> NFC West of where the Rams, Cardinals, 49ers and Seahawks are kind of sitting. Um, you know, this this is a spot that you have to ask yourself. Um, much like um, that 49ers talking about the Rams game, um, I expected the 49ers to kind of play their Super Bowl against the Cardinals, which they lost to Colt McCoy in that right. backup, and then 49ers show up on Monday night and knock Rams. off the Rams. Right. Um, so I was a, I was a week late on when that motivation was there for the Niners. Um, but this is the season for for Seattle. I mean, to have Arizona come up to Seattle, um, you're starting to get that uh, hopefully in the November. When weather up in right. the Northwest, uh, Russell Wilson got his rust game out against the Packers, and so um, if we're ever going to see, was rusty. if we're ever going to see the best Seattle team that we're going to see um, this year, it's got to be in this game as this is a must-win game from where they're at in the standings. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, the next game we're going to chat about to me is the marquee game of the week, and it's the Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, strange enough, you know, after Kansas City's big win against the Raiders, 62% of the tickets are on the Dallas Cowboys. And is this a meeting that we could be talking about in February? I think so. I think there's a possibility that if I was putting up all the different scenarios, this would be one of them. Kansas City's a small favorite here. This, I wish, was a primetime game. The handle would be through the roof on this game. Late afternoon game on Sunday. But Cowboys at Chiefs, 62% of the tickets so far on the visiting Cowboys getting points. Yeah, and, you know, the scoreboard should light up. This is the highest total on the board, and I think I preluded to what we're seeing here is that, uh, you know, is this a look-ahead spot for Dallas? And amazing to think, think that only they one could, be, loss could be, could they the be looking against right. uh, ahead against the Chiefs. But, again, they do play that Thanksgiving Day game at home, um, and we saw Kansas City roll it up. So, um, you know, I think that the scoreboard operator uh, could be switching the, a lot of switches <laughs> this week and, and look for these guys to put up huge fantasy points uh, for you this week. I like that. Okay, Chargers, Steelers, Sunday Night Football. Um, we don't know for sure about Big Ben. It might be Mason Rudolph again, but we think Roethlisberger is going to get the start. Um, game was off for a little while. It's back on the board right now. Early indications are, though, the betters are backing the Chargers. 70% of the tickets are on the Chargers. Two teams that are really difficult to watch right now. Watching a Steeler game is, uh, you know, you, we could add it to the good, the bad, and the ugly because it's, it's one of the true ugly things Especially that's offensively. going on, on right now. Um, whether it's Roethlisberger at quarterback or anybody else, uh, they really don't have a, a semblance of an offense, no movement down the field. The defense has kept them in games, uh, but they haven't looked good. And obviously tying Detroit last week um, kind of tells you where, where they're at right now. Um, and, the, and the Chargers are, are really really disappointing loss uh, to Minnesota last week. Um, we expected Justin Herbert to really kind of take this team to the next level, and they just um, just haven't been able to get there. They're a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team to me in the AFC. If the Vikings are in the NFC, they're the team in the AFC that, that kind of fits that bill as well. Um, Monday- I think one of the, you know, before we get off the Chargers, one of the things that's also crazy is that they they literally have no home field advantage. Right. I, I almost in watching Charger games in LA, uh, and you consistently see the road team um, having a bigger fan base when you're there. So just one of the things to look at. It seems like that uh, those Charger home games. It's, it would probably almost be better for them to just play their games on the road because at home right. they, they must feel uh, you know awful you, that the the road team has more fans. Do you hear that, San Diego? Can't you lure them back and and build them a stadium? But anyway, Monday Night Football, Tampa and the Giants. Tampa coming off that that big loss. Uh, The Giants might have Saquon Barkley back. Uh, 71% of the tickets real quick uh, on Tampa Bay on Monday night. I brought it up in... All of the segments we've talked about, we've talked about motivation, motivation, motivation. Um, Arians lights up Tampa that they uh, played a, an ugly dumb, game, a dumb, dumb game, game, and Tom Brady walks off the, the <laughs> right. uh, media interview. Um, we've talked about you know these bad, uh, good teams that have a really, really bad game tend to come back and, and blow teams out, and boy, um, Tampa had a bad the game. the biggest favorite on the board. And, uh, you know, right. the, the Giants, I think you, you talked about how Daniel Jones, or you're going to I'm talk going about. To. How Daniel Jones looks on uh, on primetime games, but uh, again, if uh, if Tampa Tampa should be able to do whatever they want to do in this game, if that motivation's there. Yep, uh, it's, a, it's a really good slate, I think, of pro football games this week. There's some marquee games. Now we're going to jump into our favorite segment. I can always hear John's keyed up that that whistle in the background from Clint Eastwood of the the good, the bad, and the ugly. First, the good. The the Golden State Warriors. I mean, unbelievable. They still don't have Clay Thompson. Um, just the way they've started at twelve and two, really impressive so far. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think they've, if I, if I remember right, they've got 11 guys that are averaging 10 or more minutes a game. So they're really doing it with the whole team. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been fantastic. Jordan Poole, um, you know, kind of playing out of his mind. I think he's normally averages somewhere, you know, in his career 11 points a game. I think he's up to 17 points a game. And Draymond Green is playing well as well. So the Warriors are doing it with all their guys. It's not just Steph Curry. And, you know, they've still got a guy that's uh, on their bench that hasn't played that yet this year. So if he's able to find his way back into the lineup, it makes the Warriors a, a scary team. There's one other team in the West, too, that's playing really well, and that's the Phoenix Suns. Got to the championship game last year. Everybody kind of thought they were going to win it. Um, they ended up losing to the Bucks, but they've been on a tear since that slow start, winning 10 games in a row. Yeah, and again, we, you can go all the way back to the end of the, the COVID season when right. they came out of the out of the bubble and, and, and went undefeated, I think, in the bubble at 8 or 9-0. and 0. Uh, We're unable to get themselves in the playoffs, and then obviously we saw what this team is made of, and this could be a team that we see uh, run like this for uh, – several years with the makeup of that team. Yep, agreed. Uh, the bad, just going to touch on you know the impact of all the quarterbacks in the league and what that does to the point spread. And when I, when I say the quarterbacks, it's the quarterbacks that we don't know if they're playing or not. If it's a Baker Mayfield, a Jared Goff, a Ben Roethlisberger, a Kyler Murray, just to name a few. I mean, it's huge impact. Cam Newton now coming back. What does that do to the point spread? I mean, it's anywhere from we've seen two or three points to a touchdown for some of those big guys, but I know it plays havoc for our side of the counter, and I know it does for the betters as well. Well, and it's not just the guys that are injured. It's the it's the guys that, you know, you really have a hard time figuring out who they are. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tagovailoa, I mean, it, it, the, watching that quarterback play down in Miami is, is really, really frustrating. We're going to get to see Joe Flacco uh, for the Jets this week as Wilson and and White. I don't get it. We but... saw White have a really good game, and then and then we saw him come back down to earth. And uh, Tyrod right. Taylor and uh, Davis Mills. I mean, some of these teams, the the quarterbacks that are in these starting lineups, um, you just start to ask what what these GMs are doing when they're building these teams, and how is this their roster makeup uh, uh, of getting themselves to this this spot with their quarterbacks when we know quarterback play is the is the key to winning in today's NFL. I'm really surprised that you know Mitchell Trubisky, I know he had his struggles with the Bears, but still had opportunity to come to the playoffs twice, that he signed so quickly with Buffalo on a one-year deal because they're to be behind Josh Allen, which we knew he probably was going to get no playing time. There's so many of these quarterback needy teams that I, I think he could have probably stepped in for and, and started or been kind of 1-1A. One one but anyway, okay. The you know, ugly- before you get to the ugly, I'll stay in the bad and, and on quarterback play and not necessarily Really ugly or bad offensive quarterback play, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Teddy Bridgewater attempt at a tackle on, on Darius <laughs> Slay and the Eagles late in that game in a, in a, in a big spot right. where, you know, if a tackle would have been made, the Broncos are still in that game. And um, Bridgewater may have just, uh, you know, signed his contract out of Denver um, with, with just one simple play of not showing any effort on the on a, on the defensive side of an offense, uh, making no attempt to, to make a tackle there. So just really. You know, bad, ugly in the Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I know that his win loss record is decent, and you know he had the one year experiment in Carolina. They dealt him. Um, he's on kind of that experiment in Denver right now. They're still looking for a quarterback. The Saints uh, inquired about getting him back. It just seems like he he's probably ideal as that backup quarterback more than a starting quarterback. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I know it's a, a quarterback starved league. Now the ugly for me. I know we touched on on Tampa and the Giants. Biggest point spread on the board. Tampa. You know, they were done. Um, uh, motivation Arians Daniel Jones Danny Dimes on prime time in his young career seven games guess how many he's won 
zero, right? <laughs> so that's the ugly. I don't think it changes against Tampa coming off a loss, but uh, that's our good, the bad, and the ugly. Before we leave, though, uh, touch on uh, STN Sports, uh, the sign-up bonus that's going on right now. Yeah, still got the up to $100, 10% bonus on all new sign-ups. Bet, uh, deposit $50 or more, you're going to get a free hat. Um, talked about everything that we've got going on right now, but still pushing the envelope on all the props from a standpoint of basketball props and hockey props and you look at the college and pro football you're going to find a, a vast array of alternate point spreads and team totals there's just so much to bet on and it's not just a, a pro basketball hockey we've also had a major fight this week right um, with porter versus crawford a lot of props up welterweight on that. title yeah welterweight title fight um uh 147 pounds. We'll see if Crawford can kind of keep it rolling. Um, MMA has got a fight night right. uh, this week, UFC fight night. Uh, so all kinds of stuff on the app available for betting. Yeah, it's so cool. One last thing, guys. We're not going to be on next week because uh, it's Thanksgiving. So from Jay and I, Teaser, our entire uh, Station Casinos and STN Sports family, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Happy holidays. He's Jason. This is our mascot, Teaser. I'm Chucky. That's John behind the scenes. We'll see you guys next week on the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. <laughs>